Hello, everybody. This is Jeff Davis, director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, and we are so delighted today to have a special guest, one of my favorite directors of all time. How about that? Director Lori Chris of the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's good to have you. So, front and center in the governor's agenda, truly, right, is mental health and recovery and all of that. So we found the right person. You want to share a little bit on either how you hit the ground and how you feel or, or a vision that you've developed over all of your time. Or maybe a little background. Let's do that. It's probably important for people to know that I, I feel like I grew up in the treatment industry for addiction and mental illness and really did spend 20 years there um, all day, every day, working with homeless families who had both substance use problems and mental health, so adults and kids, and really had the opportunity to learn firsthand from them what they needed and that we were going to be most successful as a program if we listened to them first and then looked at the research to find what was working for what they were describing they needed and to watch families come in you know, with a couple of garbage bags from their time in the homeless shelter to leaving with associate's degrees and jobs and uh, the ability to rent an apartment or put a down payment on a home themselves over the course of two to three years was really just transformational. Um, Definitely for them, but for me as well. So how did you find this your journey uh, up to being director? Yeah. So uh, I always wanted to do policy work, but I felt like it was important to have practical experience before I tried to dive into the policy world. And so moving from that direct service experience into doing policy analysis and advocacy work for uh, the provider community, and again, still using the the same framework that if it's not good for the people we're serving, then it's not good for the people uh, providing the services either. And so really keeping that frame in mind in my policy work. And when uh, Governor DeWine was elected and he announced Recovery Ohio and was looking for someone for this role, I really, um, I guess I just found it more on my heart than anything else that I should probably at least think about it. And um, if he was willing to talk to him and see if, uh, if this was a, a good match for him and for me and uh, delighted that it was, you know, several people had encouraged me and um, I'm, I'm grateful they did. You've come so highly recommended within our system. That's a nice thing. So you hit the ground and you've got a budget right off the bat, mm-hmm. right? And you've got to put that budget together. And I'm sure some of it probably came from what you had seen, but you, it's your budget, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, You know, I, again, I think, you know, the, the, the great thing um, for me is that the governor's expectation is that we listen to people. And I, I believe that in my heart of hearts as well and had spent the last several years really building relationships among providers um, 
and people with lived experience with mental illness and addiction and the uh, Adam H boards and local governments and, and the whole community, being part of that community and learning from all parts of it and, and truly taking that to heart. And then working with Recovery Ohio uh, as they develop the recommendations for the governor and, and co-chairing that work with Director Alicia Nelson gave me a really strong confidence that the investments we were making weren't just ideas, but were based in what people with mental illness and addiction said they needed, what their family members said they needed, what their clergy said was needed, and the law enforcement in the communities, and educators, and preventionists, and treatment providers, and local government. So I had this really strong sense that the work we were doing was was going to be meaningful to people in their daily lives. Um, really excited in our budget about the opportunity to do some true, meaningful investment in crisis services and in responding to youth and adults, families who are experiencing a mental health or addiction crisis, sometimes for the first time, but sometimes for you know the hundredth time, and how we can partner with our our um, collaborators from law enforcement and emergency departments and and the full continuum to make sure that we are available and responding as partners with them. So you know they're doing heroic work. They're they're incredibly compassionate and um, they have definitely a role in responding, but they need to have a reliable partner to hand off to. So looking forward to that work, um, putting together a crisis academy that will be operating at the end of October that brings all of the partners together, doing that and planning with community partners and um, really looking at what's working and then how do we grow that around the state? You know, in addition to mental health, Governor's been very clear, you know, in his priority and concern and care and love for children. So let's chat about that a little bit. It's going to cross multiple agencies. You know, it's great to work together with you and the other cabinet directors in a thoughtful manner where we're looking at all of the different resources that are available, how we can make sure our regulatory environments complement each other, how we can make sure that our resources complement one another, and that we make it... Um, as easy to do business with the state of Ohio as possible so that more focus can be put on helping families and kids and less on, you know, pleasing the payer. Um, that's, that's, that's a really good thing. So I, I love that collaboration. Um, and I think for folks, I mean, this is genuine, right? The governor is as serious as I, yeah. as I could, you know, express. I mean, he intends his directors to work together, their agencies. And by inclination, I think we do. That's right. So it is It is exciting in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think all of us come in with a great deal of practical experience and um, the, the same approach to collaboration as well, that collaboration is contributing, but it's also listening and, and learning and um, you know, being willing to, to kind of stretch and grow together and uh, definitely have that happening. I think all of us are also coming into it with the value of um, the voice of the, the kids and the families is what is driving us and not you know, an academic exercise of some sort. And so really having that as the motivating factor for every single one of us is, is certainly, I think, a benefit 
uh, to all of Ohio. I do too, Director. So we, you know, early intervention in our system is, although it's obviously different for individual, but you know, by individual and by family, there is a, a touch of a definition to it, yeah. right? And the delays are um, sometimes apparent, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can we can get to them, and we've got a, a rather historic way of doing that. Can you share a little bit about you know how early interaction? you know, works for children with, with mental illness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk about youth, I think that uh, it's important for us to talk about all of our efforts are geared towards the lifespan. And so while we're talking about youth, what we're really hoping for them is that they have health and wellness throughout the entirety of their life. And, you know, they only get one chance to be a kid and we get one chance to help them do it right. And so um, in in the work that we're doing, we do start with prenatal care and making sure that there's an optimal environment for that prenatal development, uh, no exposure to substances. uh, um, That sort of work is definitely alive and well in our department. And then the, the work across childhood as well early childhood development, we know zero to three are pivotal years in a child's ability to form a healthy sense of trust and connection to the world around them. And that defines their ability to have strong, healthy relationships for the rest of their lives. And so we do quite a bit of focused work there. And we do have um, early childhood mental health uh, consultation that we provide in Childcare settings and preschools, and um, and then carry that all the way into K through twelve with the social emotional development work that we're doing with the Department of Education. Kids with mental illness and addiction, uh, anyone actually, Ohioans with mental health conditions and uh, addiction, substance use disorders, um, are one hundred percent of the people that we serve. And we know they're a subset of every other agency's constituents. And so our job is to find how we can provide the expertise and the resources to our um, fellow organizations um, like developmental disabilities and help you meet the needs of your constituents who might have conditions um, that we're experts with. Yeah, I appreciate that. So we can jump then maybe just to touch into the adults. We can certainly mm-hmm. come back to the children, obviously. It's a yeah. big space. But um, you and I talked a little bit about, we, you know, we have a, a number. We're going to figure out what that number is, right, of how many, you know, how often uh, the individuals we support, mostly adults, right, mm-hmm. are using uh, the emergency departments for psych visits, right? Right. And psych stays and how together we might find some creative ways to see how we can um, find supports other than that sort of dramatic step, right? Mm-hmm. How we do that. And we struggle. We struggled for a long, long time. I think we struggle sort of on concurrent paths, so we'll see if we can bring that path together. Yeah, that's right. I, You know, I think... Having a mental health condition or having a developmental disability, either one of those alone is a challenging way to navigate the world. Having both of those together is something that most parts of our communities just aren't equipped to deal with. And um, not, not out of malintent, but just it's complicated. And so... 
I'm looking forward to creating those opportunities and pathways for that to be uh, just how we do business in Ohio and healthcare and housing. And and that's the path that I think that we're on collaboratively across the departments. I think um, that's definitely true in the you know, thinking about adults with developmental disabilities, we operate six state hospitals. We partner with the uh, private psychiatric care facilities. And how can we make sure that we're building out competency in our direct service care and making that technical assistance and training available to our private sector partners so that they have that ability to respond appropriately, effectively for the long-term benefit of those patients? Workforce is... Uh is one of, if not the biggest challenges we have in the sustainability of our current system. How how does it affect yours? So the workforce affects us in a couple of different ways. Um, We need to attract young people into the profession, the behavioral health care professions, whether it's psychiatric care or counseling, social work, nursing, um, preventionists, because we don't have enough workforce for the demand that's being um, that's coming to our doors every day. But we also have a graying of the current workforce. We have a lot of expertise and a lot of um, really highly skilled folks that are entering retirement or nearing retirement age, and not just in the direct service portion, but also in the leadership and management and administration and financing. And so we we see a responsibility with building out all of that. And uh, our budget does include some workforce development opportunities for investment in direct service, so uh, attracting and retaining those candidates, but also in working with Jobs and Family Services and the Lieutenant Governor's Office and Workforce Transformation to really assess what the gaps are, where there are you know, um, critical industry opportunities, and, and map that out so that, again, we don't want just one strategy that may or may not help every part of the state, but thinking about it in in each community what they need and how we make sure resources are available for that. Really, the the paraprofessional workforce is something that we're mindful of, too. We have a lot of of staff in our hospitals and in the community behavioral health system that that are there for high-frequency regular availability in a way that a physician necessarily can't be. But we know that that's the glue in in recovery and wellness is to have that availability of, of caring, competent staff. So, so focused on that full continuum. And that's very good, and we appreciate the lieutenant governors and the governor's leadership on trying to coordinate all these workforce efforts. Yeah, absolutely. We also, you know, know that we're calling it the citizen workforce. Um, that not everybody's part of the behavioral health workforce, but certainly there's a role for each of us to help support mental health and wellness in our communities and um, to know the signs of when someone might be having um, mental health challenges or substance use um, problems and then knowing what to do with it. You know, first aid, CPR, those are things that most of us take at some point in our life, either because an employer required it or it was a quick credit hour in high school or college, right? Um, But... But really, 
with the prevalence of mental illness and uh, substance use disorders, we we have the opportunity to have that same skill set. And we know that people with mental health conditions and addictions are, you know, they the library is a safe place, um, non-stigmatizing place. And so how can we help librarians um, have the skill sets to really respectfully and um, thoughtfully manage the the needs of those patrons as well and their fellow citizens. Just one example, but across the you know thinking about our communities broadly, families, clergy. How do we help build this knowledge base and and how do we support law our law enforcement partners too with CIT training so that they know how to respond to people who are in, in mental health crisis? Building that skill set. We're excited about that work. Sort of leads us into you and I had a nice nice chance to chat at some length and we talked about culture Mm -hmm. how important culture is not just in our state agencies and in our but 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 throughout and you had you know you've had your own perspective unique to your system about the need to really rethink Mm -hmm. right even our vocabulary that's right i'm doing so please i thought it was very insightful yeah so and and this goes a little bit back to the uh, early identification question too um you know, we don't traditionally in our culture think about mental health and addiction as health conditions, even though the word health is right in there, you know. Um, often the brain gets separated from the rest of the body. And so historically, I think we've looked at them as public safety issues more than public health issues. And even, you know, when you look at our institutions and um, how many people in our criminal justice system have substance use disorders or mental health histories, uh, really can think about how our policies have been kind of organized around that. That's changing, and it has been changing for several years. One of the opportunities that, that I see for us right now is to really think about how to make mental health and wellness part of our normal, everyday conversations, right? Just asking someone, how you doing? I'm fine. And then kind of moving beyond that. So we've got some media campaigns and social marketing that helps with just some basic skill building with that. Um, but also in in our medical uh, world, in our screenings, you know, doing family histories, not just do I have anxiety or depression or um, potential substance use problem, but what's my family history of those things? Because we know from research that genetically that matters. And that's something that our healthcare professionals can be can be informed and engaged in and making it a normal part of the conversation. Not something that should be talked about separately from a parent, but talked about like any other health condition that a, a child might have, you know, vision screening wasn't great. You might need to take them to a, an optometrist. Mental health screening showed some signs of needing to to talk to someone who's a specialist in that area. These are things we can do, and um, I think it can start with that that healthcare approach, but it can extend into our schools and our our homes and our communities. And I'm looking forward to the opportunity to work on that. So, Director Chris, how appreciative are we? Thank you that you would spend your time with us. You can come back anytime, obviously, and we probably will because we've got lots of things to do together. Lots of things. And we are so grateful for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, I just want to let the listeners know that we have resources available for any topic that we didn't cover today and more in-depth on all of the things we did get to talk about. 
And um, those can be found at our website, which is mha.ohio.gov. And the crisis text line is a great resource. It's available all day, every day, 365 days a year. And that is to text 4HOPE, the number 4, H-O-P-E, to 741-741. And there's someone that's immediately available to connect with if someone has a crisis or just even wants to just connect and, and get some help. Thank you for joining us. 